Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hey everyone. So it's now February, 2022. Wow. And the theme for this month is envelop. And, and when that came across uh, with our team, we decided on these theme words. When that showed, one showed up, I was like, oh, envelop. It felt like putting on a, a really cozy blanket and being enveloped in love. It, it also can mean um, being in an enclosure or a container. So are you choosing this month to be enveloped in love and light and joy? Or are you choosing to be enclosed in a container? I think we've all been enclosed in a container enough over the last couple of years. So I want to support you in, in just wrapping yourself up in love, feeling that energy, that uh, divine, loving brilliance of love surround you and envelop you as you continue to move forward in 2022. Meanwhile, take a listen to our show. So I'm I'm really curious how this conversation is going to go. And and I I always I say this a lot. I have the best job in the world. I I love getting to know new people. I love reading new books and because I always learn something about the individual I'm speaking with, but I learn about myself all the time. And I'm just an ongoing going student, I guess. So I'm excited to talk about this new book I have in my, my clutches. Um, it's called Letting Go of Nothing. Now, isn't that interesting? I use clutches because it's called Letting Go of Nothing and Relax Your Mind and Discover the Wonder of Your True Nature. So I want to welcome the author, Peter Russell. Peter, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Lovely to be with you. Lovely to see you. So <laughs> this, I, I, so I'm just going to start at the top of the show. This little, this book, you guys, is, uh, is, is so sweet because it's easy to digest. It's easy to understand. And you've done some, some really wonderful things with just breaking out the chapters, Peter, that, um, that I appreciate. So I'm, I'm a open the book in the middle and see what I'm supposed to learn kind of person. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And um, when I was going through your table of contents, I was like, oh, I got to read that. Oh, there's that one too. Oh, yeah. So um, so let's talk about letting go of nothing. What how do you do that? Right. First of all, you have to assume there's no nothing that there's no thing. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, the title's deliberately a bit mysterious and provocative. Um, the point is here, we think often, you know, we're letting go of things. I want to let go of um, this relationship or let go of um, my attachment to things being a certain way or this idea that keeps going around my head about something. We're not actually letting go of the things. We're not actually really letting go of the thoughts. I mean, we try to let go of our thoughts. We think, oh, you know, if I could just think something different, we try thinking something different. What we're really letting go of is the way we see the things. It's our mindset. It's our point of view. 
And that's not something we observe. It's just behind everything. I sometimes use the analogy, if you're looking at the world through blue spectacles, you see mm -hmm. everything as blue, but you don't see the blue spectacles themselves. So they're not a thing that you see. In the same way, our point of view, our mindset, how we're seeing things, we don't actually experience. So in terms of our world, it's a no thing. It doesn't exist in the world we see. Oh, I I see. So so this the so you just kind of made my brain do a, a somersault as you were explaining that. So the the um, seeing look so let look trying to discover what what it is our POV is what it is we how we are viewing yeah. the situation. That's what we're that's what we're letting go of. Is is okay. our way of we get stuck. In, we hold on to a certain way of seeing the situation. And that's what, that's what keeps us locked in, the way of seeing it. And then we think we're trying to change the thing we're seeing. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, what we're trying to change, or not trying to change, but what we're change, letting go of is our way of seeing. And because that's not a thing, I call it a no thing. So hence, letting go of nothing, letting go of no thing. Okay, so how do you do that, Peter? How do you how do you shift your perspective or perception of the the thing? Right. Um, need to go back a step there. What we what we tend to do is try to get rid of the experience. We've got an uncomfortable emotion. We we push it to the back of our mind, thinking I've got rid of it. But I've been doing that. I've done that a ton. And it comes back, and it still yeah. in some way. So instead of trying to get rid of something, what I suggest to people is, first of all, we do the opposite. So if you've got an uncomfortable emotion, I reframe it as letting it in, which means going, going to the body and feeling what's going on in the body. So if you're feeling upset at somebody, but you, know, you want to let go of it, first of all, tune into your body. Notice what's going on. Just being curious, letting it in, like, oh, there's a tension here. Oh, there's a tightness there. Oh, there's a slight shakiness there. Oh, I hadn't noticed that, but that's going on. So just being interested in what's going on in the body and letting it be. So I reframe letting go as letting in and letting it be, allowing it to be there. And then when you do, it gradually, you'll find it gradually begins to soften. When you're letting it in and not resisting it, it begins to soften. And that's the letting go. We're not holding on so tightly. We're releasing the grip. Okay, so when you say... When you say letting it in, all right, I'm just going to, well, I, I, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Why right. do I want to experience those emotions that I really don't, you know, like anger or shame or guilt or, right. or, or fear, letting it in. So it makes me already uncomfortable, Peter, in my body just to contemplate, right? To change my perception and go, right. okay, I'm going to let this emotion in. And, and then, and then to feel it in my body. So that, so that's almost like there's two things going on, let allowing it yourself to be present with the emotion, but then noticing how you feel. A lot of people aren't connected to their bodies, right? I know we go to our heads. The first exactly. place we go to is our heads. How can I do this? How can I how can I even, you know, change my mind or whatever it is? How can I push it away? How can right, I fix right. it? But it's not a, it's not about digging deeper into the emotion. It's not about getting, you know, if, if you're feeling upset, it's not about really, oh, my God, I really got to dig in and feel the upset. Oh, it's thank not God. About, <laughs> it's not about that. It's going behind it. So 
the point well there's actually two aspects to any emotion there's two aspects there's the there's what's going on in the body and then there's what's going on in the head in the mind and there's always some story there you know this person is a stupid so and so whatever it is and there's the corresponding feeling so we can let we can let both sides in it's almost like um i call it in the book deconstructing the emotion so the two things get wrapped up it's like if you've got an emotion it's like you've got a ball of white thread and red thread all wound up together they just look like a pink ball but when you unwind it you see there's two threads and when you uh -huh. unwind when you unwind an emotion there's two things there's what's going on in the body and which is always some slight tendency to action because an emotion is always about doing something even if it's about running away or hiding it's there's a sense of action in the body so it's feeling what's actually going on in the body and also we can let in what's going on in the mind we can notice the story we're telling ourselves about the person, why they did wrong, whatever it was that upset us, what we were wanting. And then we can sort of, as we let that in, we can, and we don't hold on to it so strongly, that too can begin to dissolve. And we might ask ourselves, well, I wonder what they were thinking. I wonder what they were expecting of us. And we can put ourselves in their shoes and that helps the story dissolve. So by, by actually doing this, and this is what I, this is what I found in my life. That's why I'm sort of got excited about writing this book. And is that really doing the opposite of what we normally do and what we think will actually be more uncomfortable actually leads to us feeling more comfortable. As it's, it's, it's the resisting it that is part of the problem, the resisting it. It's like, oh, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. So we're pushing it away. The resistance is part of the discomfort. I mean, there's that old saying, pain is inevitable suffering is optional it's the resisting the experience it is the suffering so when we when we do the opposite and allow it in the upset can still be there initially but because we're not resisting it it's not so disturbing and we can begin to see it for what it is and when we do see it for what it is in terms of the body and the story it begins to soften and dissolve so that letting go happens when we let the mind, when we let our minds relax, when we let the mental grip relax, the letting go happens of its own accord. So it's really sort of setting, setting the right mental conditions in which the letting go can happen. So we don't do the letting go, but we're setting things up mm -hmm. so that it can begin to soften the letting go happens. So this is fascinating to me because, of course, and this always happens to me, uh, during my spiritual practice this morning, I came face to face with my resistance to change in anything, everything in my life, just, you know, and, and I'm, I go kicking and screaming into that kind of a situation. No, 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 no. Right. So this idea of allowing resistance to become part of the discovery of what you're right. feeling in order to shift your perception. Yes. Yes, this is really important. Um, almost with any emotion, are you actually feeling the resistance itself? Any emotion, there's a resistance to experience if it's uncomfortable, because we don't we don't want to feel uncomfortable, and so that's where the resistance is. But so the first thing I suggest is feel what it's like to be resisting. So in your case, you know, when you're feeling that resistance, it's okay. Instead of focusing on what you're resisting or trying to get rid of the resistance. Notice how it feels to be resisting. There's usually some sort of tightness in the body, yeah. where that is, and some other feeling. And as you begin to let in the experience of resisting, letting in how it actually feels to be resisting something or be in opposition to something, 
as you do that, you'll find it begins to soften. And then as the resistance begins to soften and die away, you can then look at the experience itself in a more even, open, more accepting light. Okay. So, <laughs> and yeah. accepting, accepting. So, so it seems to me that accepting what is, is the counterpart or the reflection of resistance. It is, but let me say something here because people often misunderstand accepting what is. Mm -hmm. Accepting what is means accepting your experience in the moment as it is. It doesn't mean accepting the world as it is. So, you know, there's many things that need to change that we may be called upon to change in the world. So it's not about accepting the world, saying, oh, that's all fine. It's God's will or whatever it is. Or I just must, you know, whatever it is, my creation. No, you know, we are all called to do things. The accepting of what is, is accepting our experience in the moment. So with you, it was accepting I'm feeling resistance. It could be. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I love that you, ex that you explain that, Peter, because um, I know for myself and, and, and clients that I work with uh, that if I'm, if I'm resisting the emotion or the experience, it's because I am judging myself as, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, right. not good enough, not capable, not intelligent or whatever. And that just energizes the resistance and, the, and, and, and it's very hard to then accept the actual just experience of it, which it makes sense to me as you're explaining this, it, that it would soften if we can just be with it in the moment. Yeah, yes, yes. Wow. Yes, is allow, allowing it to be in the, allowing, accepting this is what I'm feeling. And a bit more than that, many people have said, you know, it's about letting go, it's about letting be. But what I add is that first step of letting it in. So if you can let the resistance be, which just means accepting it's there, but the letting in is going a step deeper. It's actually going, what's it actually feel like? It's really allowing in the experience of resistance rather than just the fact. So, you know, it's interesting because uh, what you just were saying about uh, allowing it in, we, many of us, a lot of us, maybe most of us have been taught not to, you know, I mean, in, in, in the American culture, the emotions are, are, are not, they used to be at least, you know, in, in olden days, uh, like, I don't know, three years ago. Um, <laughs> They used to be, you know, it wasn't, it was better not to feel emotion. That's how I was taught, especially as an empath and intuitive people yeah. that are, are um, psychic or mm -hmm. aligned with something that is beyond yeah. the cultural experience. We, we've all been kind of taught not to feel it, right. you know, not to let it in. Don't, don't do that. You don't right. want to wallow in whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Same in England. Keep, you know, stay calm, carry on. Right. Stay calm and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> the stiff upper lip. Keep it, you know, the stiff upper lip. Don't show emotion. Even more so, I think, in England. And it's a shame. It's a great, great pity. And it's like, we, and all that does is just tighten us up more, screw us up more. Because right. emotions, the thing about an emotion is it actually wants expression. That's why we have them, right? Yes, exactly. So 
I mean, deep down, as I said, there, you know, there are tendency to act. So if you're feeling angry, the tendency is to punch somebody. If you're feeling fair, the tendency is to run away. But we don't act on them. You know, and we just keep them bottled in and the body just stays tense because of them. And that gets us nowhere. But I think it's because, you know, we don't know how to handle emotions and we have these mindsets that it's weak, whatever. I think it's a great shame, you know, but I think this is what you're saying. That was three years ago or whatever. I think things are changing and people are recognizing this, that we need to do the opposite. We need to, we need to feel our emotions because they're there to be expressed. And the expression doesn't mean we have to go and punch everybody we don't like, but it means we need to express them in ourselves. We need to feel what they are in ourselves. Right. Without, without taking action necessarily until you've worked through it. Right. Until you, yes. Until you've seen it for what it is. And then, and then maybe the action might not be going hitting somebody, but might be saying to them, you know, when you said that to me, I felt, you know, I felt attacked or something, or I, or I thought this, you know, and then just to take the action can be taking responsibility for our own reaction and, and then communicating it in, in some way that's, you know, um, not going to promote more attack. Right. Something that, that so for me, uh, in, in working through my um, emotions that keep me stuck or that want to download as a, a disease in my body, you know, like I, I break out in hives when I'm not expressing my anger. Or, or, and it's not even expressing my anger. I break out in hives when I don't even know I'm angry, right? That's how suppressed I was. Right. And, and so now I know when I start to get a little hive going here, you know, I'm like, uh oh, wait, what, what just happened? Where, yeah. where, where is it landing in my body that I don't know I'm being angry? Right. And then to, to kind of let it out, let some steam out. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, in those situations, what I find, you probably find as well, is when you actually tune into what, what is going on in the body, you begin to see more also what the anger is about. It begins to express itself to you. Oh, sooner the, rather than after you've had a, a tizzy fit. and uh... Yeah, yeah. And then when, as you see what it is, it loses its grip. And this is the thing. Mm -hmm. It loses mm -hmm. its grip on you. And you can begin to step back a little distance. And, and that's where the, the change in the change in how we see things come in, because we've been gripped on a certain way of seeing this person. Right. This, where, when we step back, see, see what is going on, see what's happening in the body, see the story, then gradually that a way of seeing it begins to be less strong. It gets softer. And that's that's the letting go. And that's you know, it's a change of mind about the situation that we're talking about. So, so your book, Letting Go of Nothing, to me, Peter, is um, a really wonderful uh, handbook on how we nurture ourselves, how we take care of us, not the other person, you know, because a lot of these things we're discussing right now of what of letting it in often has uh, come happens because we've had an interaction with someone else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the letting go or letting it in so you can feel it and be with it then gives you more, what you're saying is it gives you more awareness of how you might need to resolve a situation. It does. It does that particularly when we let in, you know, what we're telling ourselves, but more than that, 
first of all, it, we begin to relax a bit because this thing of resisting, when we let it in, when we stop resisting, we begin to relax. And when we're relaxed, then we're not holding on so tightly. So the letting go can begin to happen. And then from that, from that more relaxed state, taking a little different perspective on things, then we can decide, okay, maybe what I should do is go and talk to them about this or, or whatever it is, rather than just being triggered and responding automatically. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people over the last couple of years have been just doing that, res responding automatically, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or not even recognizing like I, me, you know, that they have those emotions going on and they just build on top of each other until you have an explosion. Right. Yeah. I often tell people when I'm working with them, just like, you know, they, they say everything's fine. I say, yeah, okay, just pause, just notice you know, with this open curiosity, just notice if there's any tension anywhere in your body. Just notice if there's any tension that you hadn't noticed before. There may be, a, you know, there may have some condition or something, but see if there's something you haven't noticed before in the way of attention. And then when you do, when you do begin to notice it, then things begin to, you know, present, oh, I never realized I was, you know, caught up in, I never realized I was so attached to this, whatever it is. Because that tension is there as it's a representation of something we're not really fully aware of. So it begins okay. to up. So that would be true of like, you know, somebody who has a stomach ache or, you, you know, when somebody says something and your gut goes, yeah. right? Yeah. Noticing, noticing those uh, impulses, I guess. And, and they, right. aren't they kind of uh, in us to, as a protection device? Um, say more. What, what are you thinking there? In what way? Well, uh, I know for me, if, if I, if I, if something happens and I have a reaction, it hits my gut, it hits my solar plexus. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and for me, I'm becoming aware that that means there's something, well, maybe this goes back to resistance, Peter. I don't know, but, but there's something where I feel I need to protect myself because it, because it energetically landed in that solar okay. plexus yeah, area. Yeah. 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 Yes, that could be that could be the feeling that comes. Yeah, something you need to protect yourself from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that then is likely to just, you know, lead to maybe more, you know, shutting off things. Yes, it did. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And it may be maybe that the sense of needing to protect yourself is a false response that you don't actually need to protect yourself. Um, you're overprotecting yourself in a way already. Right. I totally agree. I I mean, that's what I've I've discovered. And I think that there's a lot, a lot of people around the world after the last couple of years with this global pandemic thing that feel like they, I mean, I I know it, I see it. They still feel like they have to protect themselves from the 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 the, the germ or the other. The, the people that might give it to them. And, and that's, that's such a discordant uh, energetic yeah. that is in every, it, lots yeah. of people's body right. because they don't know what to do about it. Right. And I think a lot of that comes because, you know, we live in fear a lot of the time. We live in, you know, whether it's fear of COVID or the other person or the vaccine, whatever it is in that case, you know, there's a lot of fear. And again, you know, a fear comes from a, what it results in is seeing seeing something as dangerous in some way right. or another. 
so which is again is a mindset that's the way we're seeing it uh-huh. so, so again if we can you know step back and say to ourselves you know okay there's fear here I'm, I'm afraid of something and then to see to see okay what's going on here what's to feel the feel the fear um i remember there was a wonderful book written oh 30 40 years ago which i really loved called feel the fear and do it anyway yes <laughs> but the emphasis was on feel feel the fear let it in notice how you're feeling because again fear is an uncomfortable experience we don't want to feel it so we, we don't really notice it we just go on you know i i believe this i think this i don't want to do this but if we can go deeper and actually notice again as i say come back to the body notice what it's like when you feel when this particular issue comes up there's always something going on there and just being you know not trying to work it out just being curious it's that curiosity just being interested in a very open neutral way like okay hello what's it like to feel fear what's going on what's it like you know who are you can i get to know you a bit that sort of attitude mm-hmm. um you know i notice for me when i'm beginning to feel fearful my shoulders go up yeah right and my neck gets so stiff right. and and i do walk around with a, a stiff neck a lot because i i'm not i'm not quite aware like i shared earlier having had my emotions suppressed and then i just did it naturally after that that the the rising of the shoulders means i'm fearful yeah you know so i i got to hunch over to protect myself right yeah and all these things you know as we become more aware in this way when we notice this notice a certain tightness in the body whether it's the shoulders or something else um they're they're an indication it's like okay let me listen to you let me see what's going on here underneath yeah yeah and i generally notice my shoulders that are up when my husband comes and rubs my neck because he sees it and then i'm like oh okay what was that all about so peter let's talk a little bit about the ego because you have a couple of uh chapters in your book about ego and and i know for a while lots of people were working at getting rid of the ego like it it was a thing that you could take out with the garbage right yes you've got to suppress the ego get rid of it that's whatever it is conquer it transcend it i think part of the problem here is we think of the ego as it you talk about it as something um and it's not really i mean when i look inside myself i don't find an ego i don't find a separate part of me or some entity which is controlling me i don't there's no thing there called ego so what i do find is i can get caught up in egocentric thinking i can be self-centered at times in what i'm doing so there's egocentric thinking egocentric activity i call it the ego mind the mind mm-hmm. the, in an egoic state of thinking an egoic state of seeing things and basically the ego is a way of seeing things the ego i mean i'm using the word the ego but it's not a thing but the, the ego mind if you like it's basically there to keep us safe its job yeah. is to keep the organism safe to keep the body safe and it's like so if there's any threat to my well-being physical well-being and it becomes mm-hmm. mental well-being if there's any threat to that then the ego mind comes into play this is what you must do this is what you must get this is what you must avoid etc it's trying to help us survive it's trying to help us survive but a lot of the time we don't need it so but if we see it as a, as a mode of thinking we get caught in 
then it isn't something we need to get rid of or whatever it is. It's something more in the moment. It's something we need to, as I say, to step out of. It's like, okay, I am caught up in an egoic mode of thinking. I'm caught up in this. And it's again, it's another mindset, caught up in in an egoic way of seeing things. And then just to, we can just pause. We can just pause that thinking because there's usually some some thinking going on. We can just say, okay, thank you. You I know you're trying to help me, but right now, (laughs) you know, it's not helping either of us particularly. And just just to pause that thinking. And that way, in a way, that means we can let go of ego moment by moment. It will come back. It's going to come back. But in a moment, we can let go of the ego there and then. We can stop following its particular commands and way of thinking. And sometimes it's difficult because the, the ego mind can be very, very insistent. You know, it's got its job to do. You know, it, it doesn't want to be questioned. I know I've, you've got to do this to be safe. It's insistent. And that's one way of recognizing it when we're caught in this mode is when something just says, no, you've got to do this. No, you've got to do this. It's like, what? And I noticed that in some of it's like, you know, it really, that's its controlling mode. Right, exactly. And that's where, uh, when, uh, you know, again, just going back to the whole pandemic epidemic thing. And so many people are still caught in the, the, um, the fear factor of it. And so they're letting that ego, what you're talking about, that ego mindset to really try and control their lives because they don't, they don't feel we don't, I didn't, uh, you know, in control. And so that's where everybody's running amok yeah. is, is, uh, is, is letting that. And, and I, I have found, don't you find this, Peter, when you, when you, you were just saying it, when you just pause and address it, you know, whenever I sit with myself and, you know, in a pause moment and say, okay, why am I freaking out? And then once I, I acknowledge that the, the ego mindset is trying to make things okay, I can acknowledge it. And then it goes, oh, thank God. So now I, I can sit down and have a coffee break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and the, the our egoic thinking is, it always creates tension. I mean, there's two ways in which we can recognize it. One, there's always a background sense of tension to it because it's Mm -hmm. focused on something and often what it's thinking about is fearful in one way or another. Right. There's always a background tension and there's always this insistency. That's another way of noticing it. Um, You know, you've got to do this. And then just, you know, for me, it's noticing the thought pattern, noticing what am I telling myself? It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's what's going on. And then just, I can, I do have a choice to stop following a thought. I may not better stop it coming back later, but I have a choice in the moment to stop following that thought. And when I do, firstly, I just tend to relax. That tension goes, I can relax. But also, I'm more into the present because the ego mind is always caught up in the past or future, always. Always. Something went wrong, whatever, Mm -hmm. I did this wrong or whatever. Oh, I want this experience again. It was so good. That's also, it's it's not all fair. It's also that sort of thing. And when we step out of it, it's like, ah, here I am. Here's the world. It's like, I hadn't noticed there's that traffic or there's that bird singing or there's something going on. I noticed my body. So the the present re-emerges. 
So we, we feel easier and the present re-emerges. And it's like, I describe it as coming home. It's like, ah, here I am. And we, what we notice is not the ego itself, the ego mind. We notice, ah, here I am, my own sense of beingness, which is always there. But we don't notice when we're caught up in our worries, concerns, our hopes and fears about the past and the future. Right. And, and, and a pandemic is the exact way to keep yourself from being present, right? Yes. Because you're worrying about what, what just happened or what's going to happen and yes. you're not with yourself, you're not present. Right, right, yeah. So that, so, I mean, part of the letting go is we come back to, when we do let go of whatever it is, we come back closer to our own, our own self, our own, what I call our beingness. Yes. And this, uh, this all takes, um, well, I was going to say it takes dedicated practice. It takes being consciously awake and aware. Yes, but it's not, it takes, it takes the intention. It's not like, you know, oh, I've got to do this, got to do this. It's just the intention actually to, to do the opposite, to relax into whatever we're feeling. So it's the intention to do it. And the more we do it, you know, the more often we can begin to just stop and pause and notice what's going on. The more we do that, the more we want to do it because it feels good. So it's the motivation to do it, but also the easier it becomes. It's like, oh, yes, ah, oh, what am I feeling? It's like, okay, you know, we talk about feeling the body. What am I feeling? Ah, oh, okay. It's a skill we learn, it becomes easier. But, you know, it's not sort of something that's a big hard discipline because it isn't it's just it's an intention to do this whenever it occurs i actually i leave notes around my house saying i do too <laughs> my notes just say pause oh pause. i love that and so when i see a note saying pause i'll just stop and i ah oh, ah oh. usually usually my mind is what i'm going to do next because when i'm walking around the house it's because i've stopped like I've stopped doing my emails, I'm going to make a cup of tea. But like my mind is still going, I see pause, and I just pause for 10 seconds before going to make the tea or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, thank you. And it's like coming back to myself. I was just going to say that. And then you come back to yourself. That's a, that's a great practice, everybody. Just, just put pause notes everywhere. Well, yeah, not too many or you're, you're too used to. I also <laughs> have, to move, I have to move them around every few days. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Because I get too used to them, I don't notice them. Right, right. And then you're in the feng shui movement of uh, allowing, you know, all of the energy to, to shift in your home and your mind. I love it. So um, the book is called Letting Go of Nothing. Relax your mind and discover the wonder of your true nature. So, Peter, let's talk a little bit about what true nature means to you. Right. It means what I was just talking about just now, this sense of I that is always there. It's always been there. It's the same that was yesterday, you know, two years ago, the same when I, as far back as I can remember as a child, there was a sense of I, this sense of I, that is aware of the, you know, what I'm seeing, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking. So it's the I, the I that is aware, if you like. And the it, it's not the I am Peter Russell. It's not what I am as an object, because that changes with time. But it's, right. the, it's the I that is identifying with, you know, I am an author. 
I wasn't an author when I was a teenager. So, you know, that's something added on to my, but that sense of being, that sense of I, that's, that's what I call our true nature. And, and when we're in touch with that quality of just, I call it beingness, then there's certain feelings which are usually, which usually come from being in touch with. There's usually a sense of ease, a sense of peace. There's a, you, you begin to see things as they are, run through a distorted lens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a quality of love to it. I call it lovingness. Lovingness, because we're not when you're when you're just there, you know, settled in yourself in that way. There's nothing, there's nothing to resist. Um, it's an accepting mode, and I think lot. I think that lovingness is a natural part of our true nature, but it gets blocked when we start thinking about things and what's right and what's wrong, whatever, and we start judging things or that. We lose touch with that lovingness. So when we drop back to our true nature, then we can be in love, not in love with somebody or something, but we can just be in that vibration of love. We can be in that. Yes. That quality of love. So it's, you know, it's a quality of peace and love goes, goes back a few years, but that's, that's what it is. And there's a sense of, and clarity. I think clarity is also a quality that goes with it. Definitely. So uh, once again, the book is called letting go of nothing. And Peter Russell, I want to thank you for doing this work. It's a it's a lovely handbook, you guys, with small, short, digestible chapters with lots of power in each chapter. So the suggestions that you give and the practice you you put into the book is is just lovely. It's something I'm going to keep on my shelf, by the way. Ah, thank you. Thank yes, I appreciate I appreciate you giving me this book. <laughs> Um, so is there a website for people to go to or? Yes. yes. Um, the first stop for me generally is my website, which is peterrussell.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell with two L's. Otherwise you go to some typo squatter. So Peter Russell, Russell with two L's. Um, and there there's lots and lots of things I've written over the years. There's videos, there's meditations, there's, exercises there's lots of audios it's and there's links out to to everything to all my books and to all the stuff that's on youtube you can find me on youtube as well as me on youtube but i would say the website is a good place to start okay or, or and then, just looking for videos go to youtube yeah okay do do they uh can you we get your book on your website or do they have to go to like barnes and noble or amazon or something you can't get it on my website, unfortunately. It just became, I was doing that with books, and these days it's become such a hassle. Yeah, I bet. And it's just like, yeah. It, yeah. So now, um, yeah, it's any, yeah, any place you get books, really, you know, whether you buy them online, Amazon, or whatever, or go to your local bookstore, which is always, if you can, better because it better. Supports, supports your local bookstore. That's right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Peter Russell, for joining me today. It's been it's been lovely. I've enjoyed this conversation tremendously. Thank you. You're welcome. So I'm just going to end with and so it is. Namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did go to SusanBorrell.com, you can 
see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanborell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.